Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. It's going to be sick. Marinero on this Tuesday, May 30. It is two minutes past 10 o'clock. And welcome to the Sick Podcast, brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, recently named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies, the country's leading business award, recognizing innovative and world-class companies, the best managed Canadian companies. Designation fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for their customers, their employees, and their communities. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. Also brought to you in part by... La Bita TV, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bita TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bita TV, embrace your true nature. Also, shout out to Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. My boy Agnello, back at Master Control, as a matter of fact, uh, had some uh, laser hair removal done on his face and on his privates, but uh, wasn't supposed to wasn't supposed to say that, but I just said it anyway. Anyway, they offer permanent laser. Uh, listen, the guy he's, he takes care of himself. He's uh, he's Mister Hygienic. They offer permanent laser hair removal as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. Uh, they cur- I should ask them about skin tags, by the way, because I have a couple. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal, Shop Angus, and the second on the North Shore in Terban. Uh, they are all also opening in Quebec City. Visit murphyclinic.ca, murphyclinic.ca, or on Instagram at murphyclinic. Hey, I've been wanting to talk to this guy for quite some time, and you know what? The timing is perfect. Why? Because for the longest time, he covered the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, living out of Toronto and working out of Toronto. And today he works for NHL.com and he writes about pretty much everyone. As a matter of fact, he wrote a couple of tremendous articles in the past week, one of which was on Paul Maurice, the head coach of the Florida Panthers, and another on Matthew Kachuk of the Florida Panthers. But the timing is impeccable because probably about 15 minutes ago, Darren Dreger put out a report that based on the information that he has, that shortly... Brad Treliving uh, will be named the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, I know that uh, Mike, of course, is uh, well-connected when it comes to the Leafs, and we could talk to him about that as well. He joins me right now. Mike Zeisberger, what's going on? How are you, my friend? Welcome to uh, Sunrise, Florida, where we just had one of uh, 
Actually, I thought that Armageddon was coming in with, uh, we had one of these storms that sounded like atomic bombs were going off over the Everglades, but uh, we survived, so it's great to talk to you. Wow, Uh, speaking of atomic bombs, uh, you should have heard me back in the day after a couple of plates of pasta fajol. But anyway, that's (laughs) another story for another day. Are you standing up right now as we, what, what are you doing here? Are I'm you just, I'm just sitting? sitting. It's it's leaning up against my laptop. I tried to uh, hook up uh, hook up the feed with my laptop, but the uh, signal it. wasn't there. So I hear you, but you really are a tall drink of water, though, eh, uh, Mike? Six four, six, six four. five and a half when I had hair, but that was gone. I don't know. We don't want to go into how many centuries ago that came out. Hey, Mike, it's so nice to see you, and uh, of course, you and I, we've had many conversations in the past. And uh, so welcome to the Sick Podcast for the very first time and what I hope will be one of many. Thanks for doing this, because I would imagine there are other things to do in Florida. But I take uh, I take solace in the fact that, uh, you know, the weather is not cooperating. So now I don't feel that guilty. Okay, but what do you make of the report of Brad Trilliving being the next general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs based on all the people that you heard that interviewed? What do you make of him being the chosen one? Well, you know, Elliot Friedman reported uh, earlier this week that the Tree Living last week had made a couple of trips to Toronto. And I've got to be honest, Tony, I I really, really thought when the information came out that uh, Kyle Dubas would not be back, the first name I thought of is Brad Tree Living. And here's why. Um, Number one, he's worked in a Canadian market. Okay, and so he understands, look, at people can say it's it's all even, you know, no matter where you go. We know it's not like that. It's, you know, Montreal is a different animal. Toronto is a different animal. Uh, the Canadian markets are different animals with the pressure. Every move that you make is 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 uh, scrutinized, uh, is. Uh, you know, gone over with a fine tooth call. It, it, it just you, you you know what it's like. You're you're in a pressure cooker. Brad Living, I think, did a pretty good job out in Calgary. Not only could he handle that. Now people are going to talk about Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk. Well, you know what? When the, when Matthew Kachuk said he was going to leave, um, you know that's a hard trade to make. And yes, Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberto, the two guys that came back, may, did not play up to expectations. But when you're backed into a corner like he was with Matthew Kachuk, and it ends up that you get a hundred point, you know, hundred plus point guy back in, in, in Huberto. And a guy like Weger who struggled, but we just saw him in the world championships for Canada. Um, be voted defenseman of the tournament, then you know those were quality players. And, I, you know, you go around the league, and at the time, before this season even started, people would look there and say, you know what, he got good value, he got the best value he could get out of that. So um, for those reasons, I like the hire. Um, you know, uh, he's not a first-time GM. Brennan Shanahan was working uh, to find somebody with experience. Uh, and so, I, I, you know, given the candidates were, that were out there, he was my favorite favorite going in in, the, in this race to get the job. And, um, you know, I think it's a positive that he did. And here's the other thing, Tony. 
Tell me. It's very, very important that they got this done when they got it done. Because there's a lot, they have 10 free agents, um, you know, on on Austin Matthews, they have to decide if they want to re-sign him, mm -hmm. uh, because his no trade kicks in on August, or uh, sorry, July 1st. Uh, they've got to decide if Sheldon Keefe is there, if is the coach that they want, and if he's not, they got to go out there and get some, because the, the coaches are being gobbled up. So I think this is a positive in a lot of in a lot of different ways for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, here's some of the uh, the challenges that I have with uh, with his hiring. Okay, uh, I take a look at um, some of the coaches that he named when he was the GM of the Calgary Flames. Mm -hmm. All right, and um, I you know I, I think you need. Modern minds. I think you need offensive coaches nowadays. And, um, I, you know, especially with um, with uh, Daryl Sutter, you know, the, the, the most recent hire. Uh, from Can I interject? To 2023, please do so. Yeah. I'm not sure that that was Brad's, uh, Brad's hire. Um, I think there was a lot of pressure from the people above him to bring Daryl in. And in fact, there's a school of thought out there that the reason that Brad left uh, was because of that, was because he had been pressured into hiring Daryl. And I, I, find, I found it really ironic that Daryl was fired right after that. Um, so that is the one, you know, the others are, are all open to, to discussion. But from what I understand, and I'm not saying this is 100%, but... From what my sources had told me, one of the, the issues uh, that Brad had uh, in Calgary was the fact that he kind of felt that uh, Daryl had been forced on him. And, and look, by all means, I mean, Daryl Sutter won two Stanley Cups as the head coach of the Los Angeles Kings. He had a winning percentage, I believe, of 603 in the regular season in Calgary. He won the Jack Adams Award in 2022. I mean, you take a look at those stats, it's not a bad hire. But, you know, what left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth was that you have Johnny Goudreau, and that kind of player needs to be set free. And I believe that Johnny yeah. Goudreau wanted out of Calgary, even though he picked up over 100 points under Daryl Sutter. But I believe he wanted out of Calgary yeah. because he didn't want to play for Daryl Sutter anymore. But you know what? I, I buy what you're selling because um, we, we got word that uh, that uh, at one point the ownership chose Sutter over Tree Living, mm -hmm. and then ended up parting ways with Sutter. So okay, so I'm I'm interested. So having said that, and we're talking mm -hmm. about coaches, will Sheldon Keefe remain the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs with Brad Tree Living as general manager? That I have no idea about, and and I'm not trying to um, get out of the question. I just don't know. The natural progression, had a general manager been in there, um, do you maybe, if you don't have, want Sheldon Keefe or don't want to move ahead with him, do you then naturally go to Spencer Carberry, who today was, was, was hired by the Washington Capitals, who was an assistant with the Maple Leaf? But because you didn't have a general manager in place yet, um, that proved to be, you know, that didn't proved to be an option. So I'm fascinated to see what happens with, with Brad and Sheldon. But like I said, 
it was very important to get this done when it got done. Um, and, and, and let's face it, you would have liked it to have gotten done a couple weeks ago. But, but look, it took Brendan Shanahan, let's see, his press conference was a week ago Friday. So we're talking seven, so 10, 11 days. That's actually not too bad, given, you know, the decision was made, um, you know, uh, less than two weeks ago. So now I think, and he, you know, I'm sure they've gone over the list of coaches um, and candidates. Uh, so I, I, you know, I would be, if, if, whenever this is an, is, is officially announced, I wouldn't be surprised that it doesn't take very long for, for a coaching uh, hire to be made or the decision to keep Sheldon Keith because uh, like I said, when you go through the interview process, all right, you you know, I'm sure they go, part of it is, and if, if not, then it's a bad interview, that who who are who would you think could coach this team? Who out there? What are your candidates? So obviously the stars have to align with the people that hired for living when it came to who he might think would be a good coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And a lot of people listening to us right now say, you know what, that name, I've heard that name before. Yes, of course. Uh, his father is uh, yep. Jim, Jim Trilliving, uh, who's co-owner of, uh, of Boston Pizza. And, of course, he's been on the Dragon's Den for, like, uh, over a decade. And uh, everyone knows of, uh, you know, the success the chain has had and that Jim Trilliving has had himself. He is an incredible entrepreneur, all right? Yep. So uh, could you imagine the promos? Uh, that you can have going on when the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> play the Boston Bruins and they make, uh, you know, pizza out of them. It's a Boston pizza for everyone. All right, okay. Okay, let's uh, have a friendly wager. If this comes to pass, how many Boston pizza logos are going to be painted on the boards at Scotiabank Arena? I would say quite a few. I would and say quite a few. would it go as far as the Boston Pizza Arena in Toronto? Come again? Will it go as... Well, the naming rights. Would it ever be the Boston Pizza Arena in Toronto? Would they ever wow. change it from Scotiabank? No, uh, they've got a deal in place, but that was, I, I don't imagine. think you want to be naming your arena after another city. Yeah, no, I would have. No, I, I don't think you'd want to do that. And I would imagine that. Uh, and by you know, banks are very popular as names for arenas, and uh, you know, nobody's got more money than a bank. All right, yep. okay. Um, so you mentioned something that I thought was uh, was was important, and I know exactly where I'm going with it now. When you said tree living coached in a Canadian market, uh, pardon me, was a GM in a yeah. Canadian market. Well, so was Mark Bergevin, former general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, who was the Canadiens GM for nine and a half years. And how those last two or three years work out? And I know they made the final, but how did that work out? Go talk to the people around the team. Okay, which I'm sure, listen, I'm speaking to the choir here. I'm preaching yeah. to the choir. You know all about that. You know that there was a bitter taste in that organization's mouth the way it was run the last couple of years with Mark Bergevin, and he alienated uh, the Canadians' alumni. And, you know, when I saw some of the stories about that, I got to say, Tony, I'm in shock because you, of all people, know how high in esteem I hold that organization. Okay, mm -hmm. even though they haven't won recently, the Montreal Canadiens are the New York Yankees of hockey, okay? Um, 
and to kind of alienate the alumni, the, 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 the guys that were that had the honor of wearing the Bleu Blanc and Rouge, I mean, that just, you know, when I heard Mark Bergevin's name out there and know from some of the stories I've heard uh, in the last couple of years, it was just like that to me, and this is just my opinion, that would have been one of the biggest mistakes the Maple Leafs could have made. Wow. So you're, in your opinion, the fact that he kind of alienated the alumni. That... Not just, that's just one, one part of it. All right. Tell me more. No, it just, it, 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 from people I talked in, in, within the organization, there, it, it became a toxic atmosphere and he was not, he didn't make them himself available to the media. He didn't, you know, you might see him now and then, but, uh, and, and I'm not saying that is, um, that's a requirement, but it just created it from, from, and, and Tony, I mean, you're around them more than I am, but from the mm -hmm. people I talked to, the environment was kind of toxic by the time that he left. The last year was very, very difficult because he wanted a contract extension. And at one point it looked like Jeff Molson was going to give it to him. And then uh, Mark, based on what I heard, wanted more money, uh, wanted a better and wanted more term. And Jeff Molson didn't want to give him the contract that he was looking for. And then at one point, Jeff Molson said, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. And he was going in a different direction. And Mark Bergeron saw the writing on the wall. And as a matter of fact, he was clearing out his desk before he was even uh, relieved of his duties. And uh, there's no doubt that it got ugly down the stretch. I mean, there was... Uh, the drafting of Logan Mayu at the time was uh, probably uh, the nail in the coffin right there because he was already on um, on thin ice mm -hmm. with, with Jeff Molson, and it ended up being a very, very difficult and very, very embarrassing and humiliating situation for the Canadians. And uh, Jeff Molson had signed off on it, and um, and um, it just it. You're right; it went sour. But you know what? He was also, let's play devil's advocate over here, okay? Yeah. He was also the GM of a team that was down 3-1 to the Toronto Maple Leafs in a playoff series and came yeah. back and beat them. Yeah. Uh, a team that had more intangibles than Toronto yeah. and probably played a style of hockey that was more conducive to going further in the playoffs. Well, and we his, saw that because they beat Winnipeg and they beat Win and, uh, Vegas. Correct. So, I mean... He was but, a GM in a big market. He got his team the one year where he thought, you know what? Um, Carey Price has, you know, uh, one playoff run left. Shea Weber has one playoff run left. Let me go all in here. And he went yeah. all in. His team yeah. made it to the final. Uh, ultimately, they didn't win it. I get it. But, you know, made it to Look, the final. Look, I have an amicable relationship with, with Mark, and I have a lot of respect for Mark. I just don't think that he was the man for the Toronto job with all the, the, the stuff that goes on. Mm -hmm. um, and I know he went through it in, in Montreal, but I just, I just, the vibe, the vibe wasn't there for me. And that's, I, I, I you know, look, I have respect for Mark as, as a hockey person. I think he made some, you know, people will, you know, people will might look at some of the, some of the bad trades he made, but I think he made some good trades too. Uh, Cole Caulfield was drafted under his watch. 
okay, when when a lot of the pundits were saying, oh, he's too small on that, well, hey, facts dictate otherwise. Um, so there's a lot of, he did a lot of good in Montreal. I just did not think, um, for, for a lot of factors, a couple that I mentioned, that um, he was a fit for Toronto. Do I think that he would be a good candidate in some other markets? Yes. I just didn't think, as I said, he was a fit in Toronto. I'm taking a look at the uh, Calgary Flames, and I'm taking a look at their track record yeah. uh, in the last, what, seven or eight years? Yeah. Uh, not a lot of success there. No. But you have to, you have to, you have to look like with Bergevin. You have to look past that. I mean, you look at the past year, okay? Who could predict the fact that you know we talk about Goudreau and we talk about Kachuk? Who could predict that Jacob Markstrom, who was, uh, you know, Two years ago was one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League. How many shutouts did he have? Something like 10? Yeah. And then last year, it was like he forgot how to play goal. Those are things you don't you, you don't control. Um, and I think there's a lot of factors in the in this hire. Um, you know, you can you can look at guys records and you're more than you're. you're it's more than fair that people will say, yeah, what's he won? Um but I've stated I've stated my case, and that's that's my opinion. Uh, yeah. I think Brad will be a, a breath of fresh air, um, and I just think he'll be a, a new voice. And I think that organization needs that. So, so what's happened? I think uh, Calgary in the last four or five years, the last seven or eight years, I think they missed the playoffs four times. I think they mm-hmm. got eliminated in round two twice, and I think they got eliminated in round mm-hmm. one three times. Uh, mm-hmm. that's not a great track record. All right. Okay. Before we move on to, uh, Florida and Vegas, because I want to go there because you've been covering this or you're going to be covering the series and you you're in mm-hmm. Florida right now and you've had some pretty great ch- uh, chats over the past couple of days. Um, are you surprised that Brendan Shanahan didn't go to Mark Hunter, who was once upon a time, it looked like it was between Mark Hunter and Kyle Dubas. Uh, are you surprised they didn't go back to Mark Hunter? The last couple of years, I've said that if they ever moved on, they should bring both hunters. Bring Dale as coach and Mark as GM. Uh But the fact remains, you know, um, Shani over, you know, Shani picked somebody else over Mark a few years ago. And so I don't know what their relationship is. And and I'm I'm in touch with Mark all the time. Uh, I think those, those... those guys do a great job in London. Uh, the the number of NHLers they pump out is is outstanding. Um, but I just don't know what the relationship is. And the hunters are proud people. And if you pass somebody over yeah. that's already in your organization, that's already an assistant general manager, that has already proven himself in the hockey world mm-hmm. for somebody else. Are you that eager to come back? I don't know that. Only Mark would be able to to By answer the way, that. If I, if I can, Mark Hunter named the OHL's GM of the year about uh, seven or eight hours ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There you have yeah. it. All right. Okay. Yeah. So cool. I mean, credential wise, he's got it. Okay. Yeah. But you just don't know what the relationship is with those two guys. 
Uh, in ending, thoughts on just the whole, the way the whole breakup happened between Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Dubas. He wanted to bring him back. They're negotiating a contract, and then Kyle Dubas goes out in that press conference and says he doesn't know if he's going to be back because it was a very trying time on him and his family, and he's going to discuss it with his family, and either he'll be back, and if he's not going to be back, he'll probably take a sabbatical because he, he needs to recharge the batteries, and then Brendan Shanahan... <laughs> Has everyone come in on a Friday and says, you know what? After watching that press conference, I felt I had to do something. A buddy of mine called me. uh, As a matter of fact, my cousin Rick calls me and he says, can you believe it? Kyle Dubas' press conference got him fired in Toronto. And there was maybe more to it than that. Oh, yeah. uh, So tell me your thoughts on that before we move on to Florida and uh, and Vegas. Okay, real real quick. Uh, Yeah. First off, I've seen people question whether Kyle was being sincere about his family or if it was an end game. Uh, I I don't buy that because I know Kyle well enough. Um, He's a pretty sincere type of guy. uh, And I have no doubt that the family thing was a factor. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that Shanahan looked and said, does this guy really want to be... RGM. And so there's that, that seed of doubt. But there's also something where, you know, they had actually made him an offer, you know, and he said, you know, Kyle says, oh, I got to take two or three days to talk it over with my family. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, his agent sends, sends an offer back with a financially restructured which whenever somebody says that, that means that they wanted more money. So, you know, there's, there's, to me, this whole thing is like an iceberg, Tony. What we know or what we saw these guys say and, and, and what was more to the story, there's yeah. a lot more to the story. And it wasn't, just, it wasn't just that press conference. There was other things yeah. involved, but I think that press conference did plant seeds of doubt. Mike, here's my, here's my quick read of the situation. Um, money talks, BS walks. Yeah. And Dubis was looking for more money. He was going to try and maximize as much as he could. And he was going to try and make as much as he could. And power. Uh, and, and power. And Shanahan didn't want him to talk at that year end presser. No. And his agent probably told him, you know what? You're going to talk. And this is what you're going to say. And if you're going to say this, you're going to get public opinion on your side, and then people are going to call into sports radio shows, and they're going to call into podcasts, and they're going to, and they're going to do TV shows about this, and they're going to do segments about this, and everyone's going to say that you cannot make Kyle Dubas walk away, and you have to give him the money. They were negotiating in public. That's my read of the situation. Yeah, because what, only the offer was on the table. Yeah. After that press conference. So it wasn't like the Leafs said, no, okay, he said that. We're, it, it, it was there. And yeah. if they want to if, if, if they wanna negotiate like that, fine. But the bottom line is, and I think Kyle is a brilliant hockey mind, but I also think some people at the board look and said, we won one playoff series in five years with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Morgan Riley, John Tavares, and William Nylander on the roster. 
That's pretty incredible when you think about it. All right, you wrote some great pieces, uh, one of which was about Paul Maurice, if we can bring it up for the benefit of our viewers who could take a look at uh, look at that, all right? They have a heck of a team at the same time. This is what you play for. Paul Maurice on Vegas Born and the impact he and Bruce Cassidy have had in their first seasons with their respective teams. My one-on-one with the Panthers coach, and you can check it out, of course, at NHL.com and follow Mike Zeisberger on Twitter. And, of course, he's got the links to his articles right there. I have to tell you, I love Paul Maurice's communication skills. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the most interesting guys in all of hockey, if not the most interesting. But his track record of coaching in the National Hockey League of 23 or 24 years obviously shows a lot of longevity, but it showed a lot of losing. I mean, they missed the playoffs, well, like 13 or 14 times. And there are people that called this guy a perennial loser and I'm not going to call him a perennial loser because anyone who coaches in the National Hockey League for 24 years, uh, this is the best hockey league in the world, number one. And number two, you're making a lot of money after 24 years. So that doesn't sound like a loser to me. However, I understand that you're based on, you're judged on wins and losses. And, you know, come crunch time, they lost more often than not. They didn't make the playoffs, but this is the best coaching I've ever seen him do. Did he tell you? anything about is there anything in his approach that he changed this was there a turning point in the season i think i know what it is but is there is there anything that he told you about taking his game to another level as a coach well i think i think you, you talk about switching it started from training camp because he he came in and you know it, these people, you hear some of the critics going like, ah, oh, you know, it shows what's wrong with the playoffs. Florida, like the number eight seed, they only got in on the last day of the season. Tony, these guys won the President's Trophy last year. Yeah, okay? yeah they did. Yeah. All right. Now, they made the big Kachuk trade, but a lot of the same people are still in Florida. Mike, they all came in there and he said, you know what? Yeah. We cannot win in the playoffs, okay? We'll make the, you know, you get to the playoffs, that's all well and good. And and Bill Zito deserves a lot of credit for this too. We cannot win by finesse alone. We, and and he, he specifically said when the playoffs come, you see less and less goals off the rush because there's less real estate out on the ice. And at one point he said, we have, you know, the stretch game, uh, the rush game, he said, we're not going to get to where we want to go. If we want to go, if this franchise wants to go even higher and higher than that, they have to learn the cycle game. They have to learn the physical game. They have to learn how to wear down the other team's defense. Okay? And he implemented that from day one. And it's it, look at, it's hard, I mean, to, to buy in like that. And in fact, you know, um, some of the players said it took them longer than they thought to buy in. Not to buy in, but to play that way. And let, let me give you an example, Tony. Like, you look at a guy like Barkov, okay? This guy might be the most, under, you know, the best 100-point player that nobody talks about. You're right about that. And look at all the offensive numbers that he that he puts up. Do you know his role now? He's on the second line, and he checks the best player on the opposing team. He's playing. So when well, you look he's, at, he's, when, he's playing. He's playing like Kopitar right now. Yeah, and when you look at, hey, you know, 
when people say Austin Matthews didn't score a goal, uh, you know, in the in the five games series that the Leafs lost to uh, to Florida, yeah. well, that's because Kopitar was shadowing him a lot of that time, and and that that goes to buy in. Okay, yeah. so now you've got a first line with Kachuk and Bennett on it that are going to grind and bump and slam you off the puck and wear down defenders. Yeah. And on the second line, you got a 100-point guy that has become, like you said, what a great, and that's a great analogy, that's yeah. come to Kopitar. Well, and he's, so, th- th- this is what's amazing, Mike, is that he's playing like a little bit like Kopitar, a little bit like Patrice Bergeron, a little bit like yeah. Ryan O'Reilly, but he picks up 100 points. Yeah. Those guys have never picked up points like that. Ever, and they're yeah. great. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so so I think that that all goes into what Paul was trying to create here, and you know maybe people were skeptical. Look at when 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 the when the wild card race was on, mm-hmm. and there was issues. Uh, you know, Florida was kind of sagging and. Teams like the Islanders were there. Well, no respect to the Islanders, no disrespect to the Islanders. Mm-hmm. But when I look at that Panthers, when I was looking at that Panthers roster, it was like, wow. I mean, you know, if you if you ask me, would you rather have the Islanders roster or the Panthers roster? That's an easy choice for me. Um, you know, and again, no disrespect to the Islanders, but especially mm-hmm. up front. If, if, if you're going to say, you know, a team with... Barkov and Kachuk and yeah. Bennett and Reinhardt and Verhage, another underrated guy. And hey, listen, Montreal area boy Duclair, who came off some bad, bad injuries. Yeah. And we've started to see him play the way that we know he can play. Achilles tendon injury. That's a pretty and by the way, Barkov never hit a hundred. He had ninety-six a couple of years ago, but he had seventy-eight points in sixty-eight games this year. Yeah. And if I take a look at what he has so far in the playoffs, he's got fourteen points in sixteen games. Let's add them up, right? In eighty-four games between regular season and playoffs, he has ninety-two points. And we can also mm-hmm. say that that you know, a point in the playoffs is like two points in a regular season game. By all accounts, I mean, this guy is, he's a 100-point man per season, but he's never hit the 100 points yet. But uh, but he's, point here's, here's and, and you know what, but let, let's put it this way. Huberto has been a 100-point guy, but that was when he was playing on Barkov's line. Yeah. That's not a, A, that's not a coincidence. And B, if you look at Barkov for his career, um, he's almost a point-of-game guy. Now, when you consider that his first five or six years, how bad Florida was and didn't make the playoffs, and yes, I know they've made the playoffs the last four years and they've been trending upwards, mm-hmm. but that's pretty good. Um, and, and again, um, and I'm glad you agree with me because I think this guy is uh, one of the most underrated players in the game. And yes, he's their captain, but you know, some guys are just not, forceful or in your face mm-hmm. and he's kind of more of a laid back nice guy and that's why you know he's the ying to Kachuk's yang and that's why uh, it's important that Kachuk yeah. came here because even though he's not the captain who are people going to go to who's the guy that's been around uh the, the the town who's the guy 
that was on the TNT pregame basketball show with Shaq and uh, Charles Barkley on Saturday. That, that was great. That was, when Shaq, that was Shaq, Matthew Kachuk. When Shaq says to me, by the way, I don't watch hockey. Uh, you know, there's not enough fighting or whatever. Uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, a shout out to um, uh, to sportbuffshop.com, by the way. Shop all your sports license, lifestyle apparel, including hoodies, caps, and T-shirts of your favorite teams from all major leagues at sportbuffshop.com. Use code SICK10 for 10% off on all of their items, and you can pick up uh, SICK apparel there as well. This one says, Sasala Cup, which means we can smell the cup, Mike Zeisberger. And speaking of Matthew Kachuk and that encounter, uh, you know, on TNT with Shaq and uh, and Barkley, uh, here we go. Let's bring up the article. Uh, maybe some teams feel the heat in high pressure situations, but we don't. We're having fun. Matthew Kachuk unplugged. Time to hunt. Start talks. Vegas-born Stanley Cup final, rubbing elbows with Shaq and Sir Charles, and his overtime magic. My one-on-one sit down with him. Uh, talk to me about how much this guy's growing the game in South Florida right now. Oh, it's it's amazing, and, and you know, let's 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 do the Reader's Digest version, okay? And this is this is how you know it happened. So there he is on the TNT set in the Miami. Uh, I can't pronounce the name of the basketball arena. So the the heat the heat arena. It's about 45 minutes before game six of the Celtics Heat Eastern Conference Final. And when they're done, and somebody, somebody, uh, there's video of it, and they're, you know, they're off the air, and Kachuk comes, and he's, he's kind of embrace him and Shaq have an embrace, and they're, they're laughing. And in the background, you can clearly hear people say, like, and I don't mean like one or two, I mean, you know, a chunk, a chunk of the crowd can say, let's go Chucky. Let's go Panthers. Okay. This is in the Miami heat arena, 45 yeah. minutes before one of the big game, biggest games of their season. Okay. Yeah. Now yeah. look, it's not, it's not Winnipeg. It's not Montreal. They have to create some kind of a buzz, but yeah. the fact that they actually recognize them and Tony, I don't know if you've ever been to sunrise, it's I nowhere have. near downtown Miami, okay? No, it's um, not. It, but uh, but it's a, that, it's those it's are the a, type of... It's Fort Lauderdale, right? Isn't... Uh, well, hold on a second. No, it's, it's not. Next it's next to not. the Everglades. Yeah, it's next. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's... Uh, what do you... Uh, it's uh, next to the um, Sawgrass uh, Mills uh, Shopping Center. Yes. Where the Florida... Mall, Panthers, mall, right? yeah. The, yeah. And the, the Everglades. Sawgrass Mills uh, Mall. Correct. Yes, correct. Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, yeah. So, you know, the fact that. You're cutting out here. Uh, Sorry, I'm, lo- I'm losing. No, Only no, the uh, signal is, is getting wonky. No, don't worry. And I won't keep you much longer, but let me ask you this, okay? Uh, and I know it's a stupid okay. question because we have to play the Stanley Cup final, right? But if this if it, it would end right now, right now, the playoffs, Okay. Who's winning the Smythe in your opinion? Is it Bobrovsky mm-hmm. or is it Matthew Kachuk and why? Oh. You know what? I'm going to say Kachuk and here's why. And if, if anybody that tells me I'm wrong, I'm, I'm fine with that. The guy has four game-winning goals, including three overtime winners. And as good as Bobrovsky has played, we've seen goalies stand on their head 
and still lose series, not because of them, but because in those close day games, they couldn't score. And he did. And it's funny, you know what, I, you know what, Tony, a lot of people, uh, and I've seen comparisons, uh, are making the comparison to the 93 Habs. Yep. Yeah, who won 10 overtime games in a row, by the way. So, look, I know you're in Florida. Uh, are you going to be heading out to Vegas as well? Will you be covering the entire Stanley Cup final? You jammed up again. That's okay. That's okay. Sorry, Tony. Uh, I lost you uh, momentarily there. but hey, No, I was saying, are you going to be going to Vegas as well? Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I won't be uh, at the first two games, but I'll be uh, from games three on. I'll be covering the series. I'm sure you saw this on social media today, and we're wrapping up here. And I so appreciate your time. Wow, what a great conversation was this was. I hope you had as much fun as I did, Mike. But yep. I know you probably saw this on social media, right? You see the way they watch hockey games in Vegas. Look at this. Oh yeah. Wow, is that something or what? So we looked that up today. And to, to sit in one of those loungers for an afternoon, yeah, and it doesn't even mean that there's a hockey game on, that's 500 bills, buddy, just to sit on one of those loungers for an afternoon. Oh, really? That's the Circa Hotel, by the way, and, and that venue basically is called the Stadium. Uh, yep. The Circa Hotel, and that's the Stadium. 500 bucks to lie down on a lounger. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and 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 not it doesn't even mean that there's a game on the screen. Just for the afternoon, it's five hundred bucks. Wow, that's uh, now we're talking. Now we're rolling. Hey, <laughs> we're rolling with this conversation, Mike. You took so much time uh, out of your night in Florida. I'm so I'm sure there was so many other things you could have done. Uh, thanks so much. It was great to catch up with you again, and uh, I really enjoyed this conversation, man. We'll talk to you soon. Well, thanks for having me, Tony. And the only thing I was going to do tonight is build an art the way that it was raining outside. So no problem, man. I always have time for you. Thanks Prediction. for having me on. You know how much respect I have, uh, you know, um, for for the, the hockey fans in the in the province of Quebec. Yeah. And uh, especially Montreal. Everybody always used to say when I worked at the Toronto Sun, how do you always get trips to Montreal? Why are you always there? And I said, you know what the best part of Montreal is? It's not Toronto. Ah, good one. I thought you were going to say the smoked meat. Or yeah. the weekend. I'm come see, come saw on the smoked meat. Ah, come see, come. We, we, we do have uh, very, very pleasant looking people in uh, in Montreal. Eh? Wouldn't you say? Like some, there's a lot of eye candy in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah thumbs very, up. Hey. Very much. Hey, listen. I love the whole vibe. I love the whole European, you know. There's, there's it's a great city. It's a great city. It European really vibe. And uh, I will, you can damn well know that you'll see me there uh, next hockey season. That's for uh, sure. Yeah, it's, it's a great city, which boasts, you know, the best sports radio host, podcaster in the country. Uh, <clears throat> uh, hey, I'm not going to let you off the hook. All right. Who's winning the Stanley Cup? How many games? You know what? I picked. Vegas in six, and I could be so wrong with this, um, and I'm prepared to be wrong because it's hard for me not to lean towards the Panthers, even though in a lot of their games the play is even, whereas I thought that, that Vegas dominated sometimes against Dallas. Yeah. But when you knock off the first overall seed 
in the National Hockey League in Boston, the number two seed in Carolina, and the number four seed uh, in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I'm betting against myself. So, I hear you, you know what? I mean, I, I went out on a limb, but I really, I, I have no idea. But I would be shocked, Tony, if this thing goes any less than six. And I really think that it will go seven. He is Mike Zeisberger of NHL.com. Check him out. Follow him on Twitter. He is a fantastic read, and I'm sure you all enjoyed him tonight. Mike, have a great night. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. The Sick Podcast. If you like the podcast tonight, like it, share it with your friends. Comment Sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. We told you that we're going to go all the time, but we will bring you abbreviated versions over the next uh, little while here, especially on nights where it's like 28 or 29 degrees or whatever it was today, an absolutely beautiful day in Montreal where I'm out of out of Villa Sal. And uh, tomorrow will be another dandy, they say. Tomorrow might be the nicest day that we've had. In 2023, it looks like it will be. Special thanks to Energy Transportation Group, to Labit Atibi, and to Murphy Clinic for bringing you the SIG Podcast. We so appreciate the support. And if you're going to listen via Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love. For Shane back at Master Control, and Yellow and Sammy out of Kirkland, Quebec, Canada, their Cavallaro will be back tomorrow, same time, same place. With who? With me. Who am I? <laughs> At Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature.